Hello, fellow educators, and welcome to episode six. I think so. Yeah, six. Yeah, it's six. Episode six of the Red for Ed podcast. My name is Jay. And I'm Aaron. Aaron, what is going on? Well, you know, packing up the classroom, tearing things down, you know, all the goods. Uh, what about you? I love how we're talking to each other like we don't see each other every 20 minutes or text or whatever. Every day. Yeah, I'm sick of you. Uh, (laughs) Are the feelings mutual? Um, Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. We're currently in my room right now for all the people that can't see. And there's barely anything on the walls, and it's depressing. Other than the lone strip at the top with a border. Yeah, you know, know, I kind of do that to just stick it to the man a little bit. To what men? The painting men that are coming to our school this year? I hope they're painting in a nice color, by the way. Yeah, me too. Our walls are bright white. Bright white. Yeah. Are you ready for the summer? I'm kind of ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm glad this year. So Jay and I work a summer, kind of like summer school slash summer camp, we, we might call it. Um, there's a week off in between school ending and summer pier starting. So thankfully, there's a week to relax, and then I'll be back at it. You know, teacher life, not enough money. I won't be relaxing. I'll be on a plane to D.C. Yeah, with yeah, our that's eighth true. graders. And, and then the day I get back, I get to sleep. We get in at midnight. I have to wake up at 6 and go to work for summer. So wow. that's fun. Yeah, that's not fun. But life of a teacher, right? Life of a teacher. So, Aaron, what's been going on with you in the whole ballot initiative? I know we've done a couple things together at the Phoenix Open Air Market. We went to the D-backs game. Uh, any other ideas or um, events that you've heard of? Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing of a lot of different events. Um, I know some representatives in my district I live in legislative district 24 but I know that they're doing like coffee shop events so every Saturday they're going to be at three different coffee shops around the central Phoenix area and they're going to be canvassing um they'll they'll ask you to carry their petition but mostly it's the investment and dirty money dark money Dirty Both. Money. Both, whatever. That dirty, dark money. <laughs> <laughs> um, and go door-to-door in Canvas. So my thing right now that I'm really pumped about is, well, that. Like, I think that teachers everywhere should get involved. I'm sure your districts are holding um, canvassing just the same. If not, come on over to Central Phoenix and do your canvassing with us. We need to get all those, what, 250,000 signatures? All 250,000 of you mm-hmm. that listen to this podcast. No, no, no. We need to get 250,000 signatures. No, no, no. I know. But all 250,000 of you that listen to the podcast, maybe... If you signed it, we'd be good to go. We'd be good. We wouldn't have to do anything. Yeah, we'd just sit here. Well, I'm sure some of them would be invalidated. Because people can't write within the lines. And I'm not hating. Like I can't do it either unless I have the cheat sheet. I might be hating a little. Wow. <laughs> Aaron's like super, like Aaron's Friday salty right now. I am. It's Friday. I want to go home. I want to go take a nap. The last thing she wants to do is record a podcast. No, I'm actually really hungry. Yeah, me too. Cool. So that's a great story. Um, speaking of hungry, you know what I'm hungry for, Aaron? Some red bread? More funding in our classrooms. <laughs> me too. Oh, okay. So I just, I, I've been asking this hypothetical to some of my friends that are in education, and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it, Aaron. Let's say there is more funding in the classroom. What's one thing that you think, uh, we'll go with Title I schools because that's what we're familiar with. What's one thing that you think Title I schools could benefit from having if there was more funding in education? A curriculum that is suitable for our students. Um, I can't speak for all Title I schools, but I know that our school, our students tend to be 
um, to struggle a little bit more with learning to read, learning to do math. And I'm not speaking for all my students, but I have a large chunk that are really far behind. And it's, it's just so hard because you pull like, okay, I'm going to look at Engage New York. And it's like that le- one Engage New York lesson has to be like three for my students. For and sure. so it's like, insta- and so then I just end up recreating the whole curriculum. So that's something that I would wish upon our district or our school site specifically is a curriculum that's suitable for our students, not suitable for the cookie cutter child, but... Couldn't agree more. I feel like that would help our students become more successful. I agree. Um, because if we had if we had curriculum that they could uh, not adjust to, but curriculum that they could familiarize them, familiarize themselves with, that would help them out immensely. You know, it's it's tough when I can't speak for other districts. I can't speak for other schools, but for us, it's tough when you know we're like taking something from here, like you said, engage New York, or it's teachers pay teachers, or it's this, or let's. Yeah. You know, and it and it's hard because, and I feel like the funding there would would alleviate that stress that a lot of districts have, where they're like, "Oh, we would love to do this, but it costs a bajillion dollars." Yeah, exactly. And I don't. We have curriculum at our school, but um, like I just said, I end up having to recreate the whole thing because it doesn't fit my students. So right. yeah. So um, we're gonna move on now to an interview. It was it was definitely one of the more interesting interviews we've had. Uh, we met Josh Rosenbaum. He's a high school teacher in Camelback. Good dude. We had a good time with him. Absolutely. He has yeah. some good stories to tell. Yeah. Most of them we couldn't tell on camera, but <laughs> don't worry, but Josh. We're he, not going to tell anyone. He, you might know him from the Red for Ed Capital Time. And, yeah, so you'll get to hear the, a lot about him. The Red Fred Capital Time? I don't know. You always try to come up with a cutesy name for it, so I don't know the name of it. We could just call it the protest, the right? The walkout, I guess. The walkout if you were at the Capitol. Yeah. And Josh was there day two when we were all dying of heat exhaustion. Yeah. And he was the one, for those of you that don't know, he'll tell the story in the interview, but he was the one that kind of turned around and pointed right at Ducey's office. And right when I saw that, I was like, all right, this dude means business. <laughs> this guy's <laughs> like, legit. He's legit. He's got to come on the pod. So I hope you enjoy the interview, and we'll be back after. And we're back. We're here with Josh Rosenbaum. He's a reading specialist at Camelback High School. Josh, how's it going? Hey, guys. Good evening. It's great to be here. Of course. Oh, we're happy to be here with you. So, Josh, um, you're the first high school teacher we've talked to, so congratulations. I mean, you must be so <laughs> proud. It's uh, one of the highlights of my life. Uh, <laughs> the birth of my kids, my marriage, and this podcast rank right up there. That's what, that's what everyone says. So. This is the type of people we need. <laughs> yes, um, so, Josh, how did you become so involved in Red Fred in the first place? I've been a teacher in the state for 21 years, and I've seen some really prosperous times in our state. And within the last 10 years, I've seen some really dark periods in our state. Uh, one of the main reasons I got involved was the funding because in our district and in a lot of the districts in the uh, metropolitan Phoenix area, they don't have the same things as kids in Scottsdale or Tempe or Mesa. We don't have the parent support. And with the extra funding, I've always believed that we can give our students the same world-class education that kids that kids throughout the valley get so that was number one and number two um was the the wages but not not so much for me i really thought it was unfair that elementary school teachers make between 20 and twenty-five thousand dollars less 
than a high school teacher. Tell me about it. Yeah, we hear you. <laughs> yeah. I have three kids that are in the elementary school system, and I see how hard those teachers work. They have to prep for four or five subjects a day, walk them to the cafeteria, walk them to specials. If we don't have any of that in high school and they get paid that much less, that's not fair. Teachers are teachers, whether it's kindergarten, 12th grade, 8th grade, we're all the same. So everyone should be paid the same. Couldn't agree more. Um, just to give our listeners a little bit of a visual, we're sitting here at Camelback High School um, in his classroom, actually. And before we started recording, he was telling us a little bit about some of the underfunding he sees. Do you want to explain that a little bit? Um, well, we're a Title I school, so we, we, we're blessed to have a lot. Um, but what, when it comes to some of the uh, surrounding districts, they don't have the same resources. And I've seen that some of the kids that come to high school uh, whether it's our school or a lot of other schools, come in not quite a grade level. Yeah. So if we made it equitable, especially with the elementary school, they can be at the, the proper reading level. They can be taking algebra as a freshman. Uh, they can be successful in science. And they can start off on the AZ merit with a good score instead of having to fight for four years just to get a respectable score. Well, and I feel like for you guys... Because you're mostly with freshmen, correct? Yes. Or exclusively with freshmen? Yes. Okay, so I feel like with them, they if they don't do well this first year, they're setting themselves up for failure, right? I mean, well, it's got to be... I always, at the beginning of the year, I draw a house and I show them that their freshman year is their foundation year. That if they start off with a bad grade point average their freshman year, it's very hard to dig themselves out of a hole. And then on the flip side, I tell them, if you start out with a 3.5, 4.0, you have a couple rough years, you're still going to stay within the three-point grade point average, and you'll be on your way to college. So freshman year is a foundational year in high school. Definitely is. Yeah, so for those that don't know, Josh was actually a speaker at day two of the... Yeah. Uh, the, what was it? The, the capital walk in, walk out. <laughs> sorry, I, I always try to come up with like a funny name for it, and then when it comes to it, I just choke. So you just need to keep it more simple. Yeah. So <laughs> when we protested at the Capitol, um, can you give people kind of like just a a bullet point list of what you kind of said that day? Do you even remember what you said that day? I I, I do remember, and I was honored to be able to speak that day. And what I did the two or three days before is I walked around the uh, walkout, and I talked to teachers, and I kind of took an informal survey of what their biggest issues was, uh, were because it wasn't about what I thought. I wanted to represent teachers in general. So the first thing I talked about um, was full-day kindergarten. That was important to a lot of the elementary school teachers. I also talked about supplies. Uh, I had kind of a couple snarky jokes about my son coming home with a textbook written on papyrus and uh, <laughs> a math student using an abacus to figure out their answers. <laughs> and then I moved on to uh, class sizes and uh, the what we've been doing for these override bond elections for the past 10 years. I must have knocked on a thousand doors. And yeah, we've always been successful. But I always thought that the, the state and the legislature should take care of that for us. We shouldn't have to go out uh, every two or three years and knock on doors and beg for an override. Uh, and then I ended uh, with uh, the line that everyone really, I don't know, the, the catchphrase for the speech was, 
I pointed right at Governor Ducey's office and I said, uh, Governor Ducey, our students are not expenditures, they're human beings. And that kind of took off and lit a fire in people. Uh, it was hot that day. It was so hot. So yeah. when I got up there, I looked at the crowd and they were as energetic as anybody can be in a hundred degree heat. So they were pretty, uh, uh. <laughs> so I went up there, uh, and I just wanted to pump the crowd up mm -hmm. and get them going. So, uh, I kept it short about three minutes and I just, I, I just wanted to get them going. And the band was great. Uh, maybe my speech fired them up a little bit, but Friday, we were there a lot longer than we were the first day. So that morning really carried us a long way. <clears throat> yeah, for us, I think that the, that Thursday, Friday always kind of like feel like one day for me because it was just so hot and we were sweating the whole time. But that was really like you talked about with your kids, like laying the foundation. That was kind of the foundation that got laid for the rest of that week, the next week, because after those two days of kind of hoorahness and, and whatnot, the majority of the entertainment and excitement and focus was inside the house or inside the senate did you happen to make it into any of those buildings or what happened there well my speech kind of opened some doors for me wow so i met with probably 10 senators 10 to 15 minutes each in their office uh a couple uh house of representative members and then uh i didn't want to be quiet so i sat in the senate on the first floor on the marble floor, and I brought this great chair that my wife bought me for my birthday that converts into, like, this bed, and <laughs> <laughs> I just stayed there till Ducey signed the bill at, at 6.15 in the morning. I packed up my stuff, and I said, you know what? I'm not taking today off. I'll roll into work. We didn't have students that day, so I used it as a teacher work day and got ready for the next day, and then I crashed for, like, 12 or 13 hours. That, yeah. that Saturday, that following, that Saturday after that Friday, because we had Thursday no school, but then Friday the Friday kids came back. School, yeah. And <clears throat> that Saturday was probably the most, like, I felt like I was punch drunk. Mm. I mean, but it was but it was worth it because going inside of the, both the houses was one of the most eye-opening things, and not in a good way. And, I, like, I can't believe these people represent our state way. I mean, yeah. I know you feel the same way. No, yeah, and one of my, my favorite part about, um, I don't know if my favorite part, but <laughs> one of the things that I liked the most about the walkout was meeting with representatives. I didn't meet as many as you, but <laughs> I met with a few, and we sat up in the gallery, and it's really, I just thought it was really cool, and I think it's really important also to hear what they have to say. And I'm interested, did you meet with any representatives that or um, senators that weren't supportive of Red Fred, or were they all pretty supportive? I'll tell you one lady that was kind of on the fence, okay. who I think is a wonderful lady, Senator Kate Brophy McGee. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, she's a Republican, but she's always been for us uh, in education, and we had a great dialogue, and we've pretty much talked every other day since the walkout, and one of the things I really wanted to stress to her was one of the amendments that we pinned on the bill mm -hmm. where there was no classification uh, for counselors or nurses right. and all that. And she voted yes on it. We were one vote short. So everyone was looking at me like, why are you cheering for Kate Brophy McGee's vote? 
Man, that was monumental. We didn't get yeah. any Republican votes except for good old Kate Brophy McGee. And uh, the the Democrats, they were on board. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. of them. At least and I didn't get a chance to go to the Senate, but I, all the ones in the House were also. And they fed us great. Pizza, donuts, <laughs> yeah. hamburgers. You're not upset. <laughs> no. I was not hungry. Good people over there, definitely. Yeah, they were yeah. great. Yeah. So... You came back to work, well, Thursday, but then I'm guessing you saw, saw students on Friday, right? Yeah, Friday was our first day back with students. We probably had about 50% of the school oh, yeah. here. We were, uh, my class was a little bit more than that, but we were missing a ton also. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, were your students wondering about it at all? Did they have any good questions? Because for us, we deal with, you know, I deal with 7th and 8th graders, and they pretend to get it, but they don't get it. My 4th graders don't get <laughs> fourth it. 4th graders don't <laughs> So, like, high schoolers, how's their perspective on it? They said they didn't really watch the news that much, but when I showed them the pictures and showed them some of the videos and we read some of the articles, their eyes opened up. They, everything that they heard about was the raise, the raise, the raise, right. and they all, they all were saying, hey, good job, coach, you got your money. <laughs> I got those same yeah. comments, yeah. But they didn't know anything about us fighting for their funding, and once they found out about that, they were really excited, and they thanked us. Um, they were like, Thank you very much. We want the uh, we want a good education. We want the same stuff. We want technology. We want nice fields. We want clean classrooms. Uh, we want to take pride in our school. So they were excited about uh, the four hundred million that was pumped into public education. Mm -hmm. um, I heard you had a little uh, Saturday activity within a couple other people. Yeah. Well, we got we. We had the training at the AEA office for the petitions on Saturday, and uh, my son said, hey, Dad, what are you going to do with these petitions? And I was sitting around Sunday morning. I was like, I don't know. Let's figure it out. So within an hour, I called Changing Hands Bookstore, and uh, they were excited to have us there. We set up a table from 2 to 4. And then I just started hitting my phone and calling all these uh, nice senators and representatives and telling them where we were at. And they all came. A lot of people came. And we probably had 20 or 30 of those sheets signed. And it was very successful. And we got the word out. And uh, I think that was really the first real petition thing that was done. And now it's kind of taken off. We have the, the big party next week at... Paseo Park, I think, mm -hmm. over on the, over by uh, Pinnacle Peak, we have uh, Aaron doing a, an East Side thing here. He teaches at North High School, and we see him popping up all over the place now. All right, so Josh, we ask every guest this question, so you're going to get the royal treatment as well. Uh, what are the next steps in your mind for the whole Red for Ed movement? We have the Invest in Ed, obviously, but in your mind, besides that, what, what else can people be doing and where do you see the ball rolling? I know we're bipartisan, and that's one of the foundations of Red for Ed, but I really believe that we are going to create a coalition that find people in government that are pro-education, whether they're Republicans or whether they're Democrats. You guys heard, remember in November, was chanted numerous times throughout the entire walkout. Mm -hmm. We are going to remember in November. We've had teachers step up and get petitions going and run for certain offices. Uh, we've had people that want to run for school boards. And now we're getting a lot of flack from 
the Purple for Parent movement. And a lot of teachers are hurt by that because we've been educating their kids for years. And how could anybody not root for the teachers and root for funding in the schools? So that's going to uh, be a catalyst because they, they might get some big numbers. So we're going to have to continue the momentum that we had. We're going to get Invest in Ed on the uh, ballot, and we're going to focus on bringing home the election in November, whether it's the, governor, the, the governor's race, whether it's the treasurer's race, whether it's the secretary of education race, even the janitors in the in the Capitol. We want them to be pro-education. <laughs> I really like what you have to say. I think the lack of apathy that teachers are feeling right now is, like, the most important part of this everything that's happening. Like, for so many years, I think teachers were like, well, it's just the way it is. Arizona's a red state. We just yeah. don't have funding. And it's like, that's not the... That's not the narrative anymore. Like, we can have funding. We do need Republicans and Democrats in both of the um, the Senate and the House that are pro-education and are going to vote in our favor for the next 10, 20 years. Like, it can't stop in six months. Yep. I mean, since this has happened, I mean, the patriot movement that was out there, they... They pointed guns at us. That was a new experience. That was new. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I wasn't ready to have guns pointed in my face and watching people walk around with AR-15s. Uh, that was a new experience. Uh, getting these weird Facebook messages calling me a socialist and uh, how can you tax people and this and, and really personalizing things. And I talked to Joe Thomas about it, and he said, that's a badge of honor. You're doing something right. So every time I get one, I thank uh, I thank them, and I delete them, and I move on with my day. But we are. We are under attack. We made the first move, and we said we won the battle, but we didn't win the what The war isn't over. Yeah. Right. We won the first battle, but there's going to be battles two, three, four, and five, and they're hoping that the summer comes and teachers are going to be on vacation mode and we can't have that. We need all hands on chip, and we need to get that stuff on the initiative, and we need to sell our message to as many people as possible. And I know that, speaking of which, there's um, these canvassing opportunities coming up that are going to be canvassing for the Invest in Ed initiative as well as Dirty Money. And they're going to be happening at coffee shops in Central Phoenix, not just this coming Saturday, but every Saturday for the whole summer. So, like, exactly what you're saying. Teachers, like, we're not leaving the scene because we're not in session anymore. It's like, this is our chance to really amp up. We have the summer to get ourselves motivated, to get ourselves involved, and to be at those canvassing events across Phoenix. And uh, one really big event, well, two. Uh, next week, we have the big park event at Paseo Park that's being uh, run by Kelly, but just announced on June 2nd, it's going to be huge, at the AEA office, um, it's hosted by three Phoenix Union board members, Stephanie Parra, Randy Schiller, and Laura Pastor. They are going to have a huge drive to get Invest in Ed on the initiative, on the ballot. They're going to feed you donuts, <laughs> uh, pizza, and we're going to have our own little Red Fred rally all over again. Because the more people we get out there, we're going to catch that feeling again. Yes. And that feeling was intoxicating. I... After the whole thing, I was kind of depressed. 
I loved being out there. <laughs> we just said the same thing. No, yeah. It's like the feeling you get when you walk away from, like, my first um, protest, I guess, outside of KTAR. It's like I, that was exactly what got me involved. I was like, I can't lose this feeling. Like, I have to stay involved. This, like, You can't explain it, but, yeah, totally. When it was over, it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, I mean, when I got back, I was like, I was so happy to see my kids. I was happy to do my job. And then I sat there, and I was like... Oh my gosh, I miss the Capitol. I miss I miss having no brain cells and sitting in the House of Representatives and fighting. That's what it was. And, and that's why all my friends that aren't Red for Ed or aren't teachers are like, dude, are you going to like relax? I can't. I can't help it. Mm-hmm. Like, I love going to the farmer's market and getting signatures. I And this is coming from a guy like if you talked to me last year, the only deal I'm looking for, the only signatures, I'm like, if I'm at a basketball game, I'm looking for like an autograph or I'm looking for like the cheapest beer in town. <laughs> now I'm like collecting petitions and, and talking to representatives and wearing red every day. And it's just... I mean, Josh, I'm sure you feel the same way. It's, it's invigorating, and it's, and it's kind of hard to stop. Yeah, I mean, since, since that happened, uh, I've been doing the Invest in Ed stuff, but then I feel so strongly about uh, David Garcia. I volunteered to work with his campaign, cool. and uh, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. I've been sitting on the fence for 21 years. That's a long time to waste, and I got some time to make up. A lot of time to make up in a short amount of time. We have six or seven months to get this done. We can sleep November and December and have a beautiful Christmas. But if we don't work hard till November, we're going to be right back in the same position next year. Yep. We don't know if that 5% is promised. We don't. We don't know what the budget's going to bring. We don't have a sustainable funding source. With Invest in Ed, we will have a sustainable uh, revenue source that will provide for years and years to come. 301 money, thank you very much. That was because of us. Um, And we're going to start seeing these little wins and little wins and little wins. We're two seats away in the Senate, and I think we're seven or eight seats away in the House of Representatives. We can do this. We can make sure that we control education in this state. We're not going to sit quietly anymore and just take what they give us. We're going to fight. Because our students are important, our city's important, and our state's important. And without a good education system, our state will not get to the level that we really want it to. Any good students that we have in Arizona now, they go to this college in California or New York or Miami, and we lose them. Absolutely. We don't want to lose the best. We want to keep them right here in Arizona. Um, last question. So I'm just curious, have you heard in your district where the money um, from the 20 by 2020 is going? Do you know what your percent raise is going to look like, or have you guys not heard yet? Uh, we've had uh, two negotiation meetings. We have a great IBN negotiating team with all the stakeholders, mm-hmm. whether it's classified, certified, administration. We have everybody on board. Uh we don't have a figure yet from the state. Okay. I know a lot of people are saying we're getting 10%, 11%. The money hasn't been doled out yet. Oh. Um, and each district is going to be able to classify who's going to get it and who's not. And I know in Phoenix Union that we value all of our employees. So I have a feeling that every employee is going to get a piece of the pie. That's great. It, something that grabbed my attention, and I wanted to bring this up with both of you guys, did you feel like a proud parent watching the North Carolina stuff happening? Yeah, that, that was, was great. so freaking cool. Yeah, watching their walk to the Capitol and rally was like 
this is turning into a national movement. This is, is no longer, you know, our buddies over in West Virginia, Oklahoma, and uh, like this is I, like this is going to keep happening until they get to the states where they make good money. Yeah. But I mean, it's it, this is becoming a national movement. I think it's because I think teachers are are putting their big boy pants on. You know, and yep. it's finally happening. I mean, I was a frat guy in college, but now. I'm part of the biggest fraternity in the nation. <laughs> Teachers. Yeah. I can go anywhere now and wear my red for Ed, and we can swap stories, you know, shake hands, hug, because we know what we're going through. Secret handshake. Absolutely. The red for Ed handshake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no hazing, no. No, 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 no. Um, so that's about it, Josh. We appreciate your time. But because you're a girls basketball, girls basketball coach, right? Yes. I can't back. I have to ask. Are the Celtics going to the NBA Finals? I think the Celtics will win in six. Wow, I love this man. Six <laughs> games. You're going to lose game three. Okay, uh, I agree. And uh, probably win game four, uh, maybe. But six. Know. Six is the number. I still think, I, I'm like, I can't. I, I don't know how it's going to happen. I feel like LeBron's going to come out and just destroy us. Game on Saturday. Let him get his 40 45 and stop everybody else. Well, that's what we did last time, and it worked out perfectly. So, what do you know? What do you think, Aaron? I love basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But, anyways, Josh, thanks for spending time with us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. uh, We're glad to have you on. Red Fred, right? Red Fred all the way. And we're back. That, hands down, has got to be. Gosh, I say this every time, but one of my favorite interviews, for sure. Yeah, I, the thing I like about Josh the most, besides the, the fact that he's a degenerate sports fan, is, <laughs> is that he um, he gives us a high school perspective, and we don't usually see that. Yeah, absolutely. High we school teachers? A, uh, a lot of ele- No, we just ta- I was just going to say, we talked to a lot of elementary teachers, and that's our profession, so we talk to them daily, but... Yeah, and the cool thing about Josh is like high school high school teachers are kind of just more like straight to the point. Absolutely. Yeah, you know they're they're not they're they're just they just kind of give it to you as is, and I appreciated that from him. And it was cool to see his. It, it's interesting because he's a high school teacher, and then he has kids that are growing up in the elementary system, so he yeah. sees it from both angles. Well, and his wife used to be an uh, elementary school teacher too. Right. So. so if there's one guy that understands it, it's definitely Josh. So yeah. hey, Josh, if you're listening, we appreciate you coming on, man, and it was a good time. Josh, if you're listening, we appreciate it. I I, actually, I hope you're listening. What if you just stop? That listening? would be so embarrassing. He doesn't even listen to our own podcast. No, he just listens to his interview, and yeah. then he's like, "All right, see you later. Go. I'm out. End. Peace." <laughs> um, but yeah, Josh, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. So, Aaron, tomorrow, because we're gonna post this tonight, Friday night, tomorrow morning for our quick listeners, we'll yeah. be at the mm. Phoenix Open Air Market, Great Farmers Market. Just, just in case people were concerned, they're not selling romaine lettuce anywhere on the premise, sis. Did you hear that last time? Well, I tried to get some. I kind of like, you know how there's the whole E. coli thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I tried to get some romaine lettuce, and they're like, nah, man, we're not taking that risk. Yikes. Well, that's good to know. Um, other than that, <laughs> we've gotten one other email from Mike. Yeah, Mike is our first American email. <laughs> well, okay, and Rachel is back in the States, I hear. You hear? I hear. You hear. Who'd you hear that from? Her. Oh. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Insider emails. Uh, so, Mike, we appreciate the email, man. Uh, you and your wife are doing a great job, and thanks for the kind words. And if anyone else wants to email us, email us. The email is... Do not hesitate. That's not the email. But please don't hesitate to email us. We're really excited. We're real geeking out um, when people do. Anyways, email is 
Red for Ed podcast at gmail.com. There's no hashtag before that. So a it's tradition just... like no other. Aaron forgets the email <laughs> address. I know it. I'm just never prepared to share it. You're not confident. <laughs> That's just not true. When it comes to email. <laughs> when it comes to giving the Red Fred podcast email. The truth is, I'm never sure if there's a the beforehand. And I always think about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's just Red for Ed podcast oh, cool. at gmail.com. Thanks. Red Fred podcast at gmail.com. I'm going to share that a few more times because I really would love to hear some emails. We'd love to read some emails. So if anybody has any questions they want... Um, I don't know, address, I don't know why we're addressing questions, but we could. Or if you just wanted to share an event, we'd love for you to email us your events that you're holding for petition signing so that we can get more people out there. Until next time, thank you guys for listening to our podcast as well as shooting us those emails. And liking our tweets and following us on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, yeah, I haven't given out my handle in a long time. Follow, follow me on Twitter at Aaron A. Teacher. And mine is at J-A-Y-B-A-R-B-U-T-O. It changed. Yeah, it changed a while ago, girl. It's not A-Z to C-T anymore? Nope. C-T to A-Z? Whatever it is, it's not that. Uh, but definitely give, us, definitely give us a follow. And Aaron, I have an idea. Tell me now. <laughs> okay, so if we get emails or direct messages or anything, we will have a mailbag section to start out the podcast. We gotta get people emailing us first. Yeah, so just to make sure you remember, what's the email again? Redfredpodcast at gmail.com. That confidence. There you go. There you go, girl. Do it. All right, so we'll talk to you sometime next week. Peace. And love. <laughs>